The AFC South, what has become the most interesting division in the NFL now post-draft. Reviewing the Texans, the Colts, the Jaguars, the Titans, NFL drafts, where these teams are heading into 2023. Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Taking a look at the AFC South, and uh, this is a fun division now. Yeah. Being added to the group a couple years ago, and all three teams getting potentially what could be a, a franchise quarterback in the 2023 draft. And let's go alphabetical here and start in Houston with the Texans, Matt. And um, looking at this draft and picking like a favorite and a least favorite pick, um, CJ Stroud, obviously, and, and the, the Houston Texans had a big, didn't let us down. They kind of ran the draft and mm-hmm. did what they wanted to do up front, moving up from 12 to number three, getting CJ Stroud at two, Will Anderson Jr. at three, Juice Scruggs, the center from Penn State, uh, in the second round. Third round coming back with Tank Dell, which it turns out was was who C.J. Stroud recommended they draft. So really interesting. C.J. Stroud. Yeah, they worked out together, didn't they? Yeah, they worked out together and, okay. and made fast friends, I guess, at the Combine and, and beyond. And um, C.J. Stroud, a member of the Houston Texans organization for a day, already making decisions for the front office. And so Daniel <laughs> Tank Dell out of Houston, wide receiver uh, in the third round. To uh, to Houston, Dylan Horton out of TCU, defensive end in round four. Henry To'o To'o, Alabama linebacker in round five. When I like that pick a lot. Jarrett Patterson, another selection I like a lot in round six. Another interior offensive lineman. So a couple of guys who play center or guard. Probably Juice is a center. Patterson is a guard. If I had to guess um, for the the Texans going forward, we'll see how that goes. Xavier Hutchinson, sleeper wide receiver out of Iowa State in round six, and then in round seven, uh, Pittsburgh safety. Brandon Hill. So overall, really good haul. One of the best hauls in the league. And my favorite pick was Will Anderson and them getting Will Anderson. But the big question uh, you got and you got to mention it is the trade up using a future first round pick plus to go up and get that player um, in, in a high second round pick to go up and get that player. Whether you look at it as going up to get a quarterback or going up to get their edge rusher and Will Anderson, uh, there's only one rule here when you make a big move like that. And the rule is it's just got to work. And then you're golden. Yeah, so a lot to unpeel here. I, I don't know what kind of format you want to do. This is our first of 32 teams to dig in. But to pull back the curtain, I wanted to also mention the health of every team's salary cap while we're talking about these teams. You know, take a take a step back. What you know, what's the draft impact? Where's this team at going forward, including next year? And right now, only five teams currently have more cap space than Houston. They have 18 million right now at their fingertips. And of course, all these teams have to sign their draft picks. And But what they don't spend also rolls over to next year. That happens for all teams. But when you look at next year's cap, Houston has more spending ability than anyone in the league. Right now, they're 147 million under the cap. And I don't know anyone on this team that they have to extend. I mean, they already did it with Tunsil. So I was very critical of... I like this draft, but the only thing, if I was Houston's GM, that I, during negotiations would have been, 
I'll trade you the Browns first rounder. I won't trade you ours. That's the only thing that's off the table after I made the picket Stroud trying to get the three. But when I did, when you talk about that salary cap situation, it's a little more palatable because they can go trade for this year's version of AJ Brown or Tyreek Hill, or, you know, they could be the bears in free agency in terms of spending, if not more next year, I'm talking about. So they do have a lot of cards in their hand. They had a ton of cards in their hand in this draft class. I don't know that I love the hall and, and, and kind of what I'm going with that is Houston, you have the most draft capital. No picks have been made yet. Would you be comfortable with these nine players trading what you did for them? I kind of think they could do better. However, this will always, always, always be remembered as first draft for D'Amico Ryans. It's the Stroud-Anderson draft. And just considering the state of this team, just football building aside, those two building blocks I think are really important for the fan base, ownership, the city, just to start this ball rolling in the right direction for once. And when you frame it like that, Matt, with their salary cap space next year, you can Mm -hmm. buy yourself a first-round caliber talent. So missing a first-round pick is not a big deal. So the question becomes, did you find your quarterback in this draft? Because if you didn't, you you can't go buy your way into Caleb Williams in the next draft. Unless you earn the number one pick right, in the draft, right? right? And then which you don't own anymore, you which need the you don't own, right? So you need, draft, right. Browns to, you need the Cleveland Browns to be the worst team in the NFL for the, for that to work out for you. If you didn't hit on your quarterback and you have misgivings after a year, which I don't think they will. I like Stroud, but did you love Stroud right. that much where you had to had to go that uh, that extreme? Knowing that Will Anderson, you know, was ownership involved, so tons of questions mm-hmm. with that. But the question is, how good is this football team, and will they regret regret it because of how bad their pick is, or how high their pick is, how good it is, I guess, in next year's draft, which will be yeah. key. So then you have to look at the rest of the roster, and they've added a ton of players over the course of the last two years. All those nine guys we just mentioned, and uh, and I love the foundational pieces in Will Anderson on defense, and it's so important for D'Amico Ryan's and that defensive front. Now he joins Sheldon Rankins, Malik Collins, Jonathan Greener, Jerry Hughes, uh, Chase Winovich, Hassan Ridgeway. Those are uh, the the, okay. the top yeah. defensive linemen. Still not a, a scary defensive line there, but how good is this team going to be? Um, looking at linebackers, they got Denzel Perryman, um, Corey Littleton, Christian Harris. Uh, Christian Kirksey was brought in. They've got Steven Nelson at corner. They've got Desmond King at corner. Derek Stingley, obviously their high pick last year, had multiple selections in the draft. Jimmy Ward to go Jalen Petrie, like the safety tandem. So the secondary Mm -hmm. really starting to shape up there. And if you got a stud rusher in Will Anderson, now you're starting to get into something. Of course, Stroud is now the quarterback behind an offensive line that's had a lot of uh, resources poured into it recently. Laramie Tunsil, Kenyon Green, the second first rounder they had last year. So now they've added four first rounders in the last two drafts. Shaq Mason uh, at right guard and Titus Howard right tackles. So when you put that all together with pass catchers, Woods, Mechie coming back from, you know, a really rough, you know, great story there for him to, to make his return um, after what he dealt with last year as a rookie, Nico Collins to go tank Dell, Xavier Hutchinson. And then of course, Damian Pierce uh, at running back with a nice rookie season for the Texans. Is this a team that's ready to not be picking in the top five again next year is my question. I don't think so. And I thought it was kind of telling when you were reading off the defensive names, like, okay, Sheldon Rankins, you know, Greener's a good player. There's, there's some dudes there. Obviously there's some building blocks in Petrie and Stingley and now Anderson. I think the offense, I mean, for this team, respectable 
is a big step forward. I mean, they've been a disaster almost on purpose for the last two, three years. I don't think the defense can approach respectable this year, but I think the offense can. This that roster is a lot better than what we're talking about in recent history. Um, and they did especially earn, on offense, though. Yeah, and they earned. They pick. They earned. Did they get better? The coaching staff is better. Uh, is the quarterback mm-hmm. play better? That's a big key because even if CJ Stroud becomes great, he can have a rough rookie season, like of most course. quarterbacks right, do, right. even the all time greats. So, um, that where that pick that they don't own anymore is in the next draft will tell a lot of us the story about this draft and, and how you grade it in hindsight. But, man, when you look at that defensive line, too, I can't blame the Texans for th- saying, well, at 12, we're not going to get the defensive – we're not going to get the, the – uh, we're not going to get the impactful defensive player that we would get, and we really love Will Anderson. So I have no problem with that, with, with the Will – wanting to go get Will Anderson. But the price paid was was hefty to make that happen in pick two and, and pick three. So fascinating yeah. team going forward there in the Texans. And, and with this team, I do think it's the billboard potential to put Stroud and Anderson on there means something. You know, like – if it was a, if the Packers happen to have a bad year, they don't need to sell tickets or get the fan base back. And I mean, that kind of stuff does matter. Um, you mentioned your favorite pick was Anderson. A little bit low hanging fruit, but I'll let it slide because you've been talking about him forever. Can I uh, can I have a second crack at it then? If if go I don't for get it. I, I bet it's the other Bama guy. Well, he was my favorite player that they drafted. Okay. But as far as everything that went into it, because that was the pick they traded into. So if you consider that the traded up for, then it can't be my favorite pick. It was, it was kind of just too much spent. Uh, Henry To'o To'o linebacker from Alabama nice. played with um, with Will Anderson. He's going to start for the Texans this oh, yeah. year as a fifth round linebacker. That's value in the draft. He's going to be their Drake Greenlaw on that defense for D'Amico Ryan's. He was my runner up. My favorite pick actually is Xavier Hutchinson. And I don't know if he'll even see the field. All of a sudden they have a bunch of receivers, but I thought Hutchinson was a modern day big slot that was highly productive, that knows how to get open, big bodied, that they got two rounds later than they should have. I have a feeling they're going to run the ball a lot this year, Matt. Mm-hmm. So we might see some close games. Can the defense close out? Can the offense score enough points? And as they figure out what's going on with the pass catchers and quarterback this year, offensive lines looking looking nice. And so I like it that is. start. Yep. I mean, they have some guys that can catch the ball. The O-line's there. I think Pierce is a legit dude. So the offense to me is respectable. Okay. Next up. Oh, man. The, the, it's so many fascinating teams in this division, Matt. We've got... The Indianapolis Colts, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tennessee Titans next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Built Bar. I know you're looking for delicious snacks. I know I'm always looking for delicious snacks, but you don't want all the sugar and calories. You need the best tasting protein bar ever to complete your diet. That is Built. You got to try Built Bars and Built Puffs. Healthy, tastes amazing. I mean, we're talking 100% real dark chocolate covers most built bars if you don't like chocolate and i know there's some weirdos out there that don't like chocolate i got a good buddy that doesn't like chocolate there are some bars for you that aren't covered in 100 real dark chocolate but it really sets these bars off for me you really feel like you are getting a treat but it's low calorie low sugar but high in protein most built bars have only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein unbelievable flavors i don't know how they make them but they do churro uh peanut butter puff is the newest flavor out there cookie dough Uh, cookie dough chunk puff peanut butter brownie cookies and cream and not only can you find all the flavors and varieties at built.com you can find them on your store shelves as well local walmart and sam's club in walmart four bar boxes in the pharmacy section and at sam's club run in and grab a 13 bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter puff and churro puff and you can thank us later and of course 
all the flavors and varieties and new flavors coming all the time at built.com. Indianapolis Colts. I mean, this was one of my favorite drafts in the entire league and just unbelievable athlete after unbelievable athlete all the way through. If you look at their um, relative athletic scores, every single player, Matt, that the Indianapolis Colts selected, and they took 12 guys, all elite athletes, all yeah, elite yeah. athletes. It's lit up green like a Christmas tree when you look at their <laughs> relative athletic score and none more so than 10 out of 10 athlete number one pick for them, the fourth overall in the draft, Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida. So you're right. And a lot of length, a lot of guys I thought they got around later than they should have, like Adabare and Rush and some of those dudes. I really liked Evan Hull as a backup to Taylor. Mm-hmm. But let's start with Richardson. This is some hindsight, in my opinion, but I might have taken him with the first overall pick. The, the more I thought through it, my when my final ranks were out, it was Stroud, Young, Richardson. But I don't know that I could have passed at him at 1-1, to be honest with you. I mean, he has immense ability. And I understand that his accuracy isn't there. But I think it's more of a fact of not playing as opposed to not being a good passer. As long as he can protect himself, he's got to yeah. play, too. Like, I, yeah. I want him to play. I've seen what this hap- what happened with the 49ers, a guy who you know, played only one year of college football. And he's pretty raw. So it's like, okay, we'll sit a year. And then all of a sudden one injury. And now two years gone. Yeah, I don't want to hear him sit a year. Three years, and we don't know what to do with this guy. Get him on the field. He needs reps. Yeah. And even if it's not perfect, but with his athleticism and his arm strength, you can run the ball a lot. He can carry the rock, uh, play action. He can hit some deep throws. And uh, we'll talk about some of his receiving weapons here as well. One of the got in the third round in Josh Downs out of North Carolina, which I love coming out love of the slot. So um, it's you, you, you dare to dream if you're Indianapolis sitting there. They didn't trade up. They held their water, and they got the most, the the biggest upside player in this entire draft in Anthony Richardson. So I can't wait to see what that looks like. And I mean, let's talk about some of these other athletes. Second mm-hmm. round, Julius Brents, who's just got ridiculous length at cornerback out of Kansas State, and great uh, measurables from a uh, you know arm length and um, short area quickness, agility perspective josh downs another very quick and he what's crazy is most of these guys are height weight speed athletes <laughs> yeah josh downs doesn't have the height weight he's still tested as an elite athlete too because what he can do with his athleticism in the slot blake freeland was one of the freakiest offensive linemen at the combine six seven six eight 302 pounds at a 37 inch vertical ran sub five in the 40 yard dash you talked about Adabore, who you know maybe wasn't a fit everyone for everyone which is why he fell a little bit sounded like they're going to play him a lot of defensive tackles so of a pass rushing defensive tackle but he's got some arm length even though he's short at 280 pounds ridiculous tester at the combine he could play some end and, and kick inside Darius Rush I actually didn't love Darius Rush's tape but you're talking about the fifth round now the guy who ran four threes who's got six foot two with super long arms at corner so they got two of those long corners now in this draft Daniel Scott tested great uh you know a five six player, player yeah. at Cal Team captain type of guy uh, with a lot of athleticism. Will Mallory, super athletic, move tight end out of Miami. I mean, this is a huge draft class. We're still going. Evan Hull, who you mentioned, is a really great receiving back out of Northwestern in round five, round six. Titus Leo out of Wagner. Um, linebacker Jalen Jones, 
physical corner, another 6'2", tall, long cornerback, could play some safety even because he's not afraid to hit people out of Texas A&M. And then Jake Witt, who's just a huge project, is probably going to be a redshirt guy, but he was basically the small school version of Blake Freeland, 6'7", 300 pounds, and had ridiculous testing numbers, former Hooper out of Northern Michigan. So, I mean, ridiculous athletes and the the most boomer bust class I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's a trend. I mean, down down stands out just because he doesn't have the height and weight, but everyone else has all the above in terms of traits, relative athletic score. Oh, real quick, I mean, as it stands right now, only three teams have more cap space than the Colts. They have $24 million at their disposal. And next year, they have $79 million at their disposal, which is ninth most. So they can still keep adding, 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 adding. I mean, they are certainly going to be buyers over the next you know, 365 days. Some notes here, like, Left tackle was a huge problem for them, and they waited until the fourth round to, to address it. But between Raymond and his second year, Freeland, who I think is probably a year away, and their last pick, Jake Witt, who's maybe like the best athlete of all the offensive linemen in this draft, who's probably two years away, they may have found one on the cheap. You know what I mean? At least there's three cracks there to find your left tackle. Right, and, and let them battle it out. If you're, it, yeah, you're, yeah. I can't blame them for the guys they did draft because those offensive tackles weren't there. They went quarterback in right, round one, and so they went with the best players and the best athletes they could find at those spots. And it's like, okay, well, let's – And this is the same thing they did last year with, with high-end athletes, and Bernard Raymond was one of those. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, Freeland, Raymond. Battle it out. Go to Battle town. Jake Witt, let's see what you look like in camp. See how close you are. Maybe you're on the practice squad for a year. Maybe you make it and, and you're kind of you know sitting there without a uniform a lot of days, but maybe you're a, a swing tackle. Then maybe you're a starting right tackle or left tackle because all three of those guys have left tackle athleticism. And this team's going to run the ball well no matter who their left tackle is between Richardson, Taylor, Quentin Nelson. I mean, so they're going to be hard to play against just from a run defense perspective. And last little nuggets, you know, I – I, I, maybe they found two starting corners in Brents and Rush. Maybe, probably found one, which is, you know, a haul in itself. But they're similar styles. They, they fill in for Gilmore, who's gone, and guys like that. They've always had long corners. And Downs might be my favorite pick because he's so much different than Pierce, who I like, and Pittman, who I think remains underrated. And to match that with all the tight ends they have, and Mallory's even a little different than those tight ends. So, they added two different style athletic pass catchers too. I love how the safety or the, uh, the, the secondary is, is shaping up for the Colts there mm-hmm. with Prince now. And um, you had Isaiah Rogers and Kenny Moore there already. And Nick cross was four, three guy. Nick cross would have gone a lot higher in this year's draft too. If he stayed another year, by the way, he might've been the top safety in this class. And um, I, I was excited last year and he started week one and then kind of disappeared. So we'll see if he earns that starting job this year in that secondary at safety, along with, uh, you know, Julian Blackman and Rodney Thomas. So they've got some players in the secondary, the key for the Colts and how good they are going to be is the defensive line. Audubore, they brought in. Sounds like he's going to be an interior rusher. They signed Samson Abelcom in free agency. Quiddy Pay hasn't been the first round impact they thought he was going to be. Um, and you have DeForest Buckner. Like, can you get after the quarterback is going to be the number one question on how good I think the Colts end up being. And of course, you know, how their quarterback develops. 100%. And oh, by the way, they get Shaq Leonard back, who hardly played at all last year. Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal for them. I could write a story where they win the division and Richardson is right in the uh, rookie of the year conversation. We haven't even seen how good Shaq Leonard is yet because uh, he was Darius Leonard last time we saw him play. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the chances that he's going to be all right. I think he'll be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he will be pretty good there. I uh, can't wait to see that, how that comes together. But I just, I just, because look, they have 12, 
half of these guys, if they never play a snap, if the other half hit anywhere near their ceilings, right, right. home run draft. They could get five or six starters out of this draft. I mean, that's not crazy talk. Yeah, and if they get three, four, three is I mean, that's an draft. amazing draft already. Yeah, yeah. Especially if one's a quarterback that's the biggest, fastest <laughs> right. guy in the league. Yeah. No, you're well said. I, I, I love this class. Yeah, fun. Anthony Richardson, can't wait to see what he looks like on the field for the Colts. And it, it might take a while, so be patient. But, you know, if he can do the Justin Fields thing, I think we're starting to see with, by the way, Shane Steichen. We've already seen it now, and he was the guy that did it. And we saw what it looked like with um, – uh, it's not just one quarterback he's, you know, helped develop. It, we saw it with the Chargers, right, and Justin Herbert too. So uh, there's, a, there's a better blueprint now in the NFL, especially yeah. with the quarterback this athletic for how you develop that quarterback – and um and slow the thing down and allow his legs to help his arm and mind transition into the nfl we've seen it now with fields we've seen it now with um hurts and so uh, i can't wait to see what it looks like with anthony richardson one thing i've been stressing more and more as as i do this longer and longer is i almost don't care who the, the quarterback is i might care more where they land than who it actually is and i think richardson's in really good hands in terms yeah. of projecting them to be successful I agree. It's like he could have gone 1.1. He could have gone, you know, at 11. He could have got him picked 20, you know. Mm -hmm. But seeing him at four with Steichen and the Colts, I, I like it the most. It, yeah. I like the fit the most. Absolutely. Me too. Some big wide receivers out there. And then Josh Downs uh, with some playmaking abilities. So fun, fun team. Yep. I think they could win the division. Let's finish it up. Jacksonville Jaguars and Tennessee Titans 2023 draft next. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Shout out to the everydayers coming back tomorrow with another division. Uh, we'll go AFC North tomorrow. We always start East or West. Let's start in the middle, North and South, and then go outward uh, with our divisional draft reviews here on Peacock and Williamson. All right. Here we go. We've got the Jacksonville Jaguars next and an interesting class. And look, this... All four quarterbacks are now just fascinating. We probably won't see Will Levis early in the year, but I have a feeling we're going to see Will Levis as well as a rookie for the Tennessee Titans. But we're talking Jaguars first. They found their quarterback a couple of years ago, and now we're trying to find some pass protectors for that quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Anton Harrison off the tackle out of Oklahoma was their first-round pick after moving down. Um, lots of trades. In fact, only – so the – did they pick even more than the, uh, I think, let me see, one, two, They three, traded four, down a couple times. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah, so they did have even one more selection than the Indianapolis Colts did. 13 picks, only two of the picks, their third rounder and their sixth rounder were their original selections. So all the other picks were either trade re received in trades or trading up or trading back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Very active. Anton Harrison, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma in the first round. Brenton Strange, really interesting tight end prospect. Very different than their current tight end out of Penn State uh, in late in round two. Then Tank Bigsby running back from Auburn round three. Ventro Miller linebacker from Florida in round four. Coming back again in round four with Tyler Lacey, Oklahoma State defensive end. Um, Yasir Abdullah, another linebacker from Louisville. So we can see some trends with a lot of these teams doubling up on certain positions that they're trying to get better at and, and hoping one of them is good. Love the value of Ant uh, Antonio Johnson in the fifth round safety out of Texas A&M. A lot of people really eye high on him and had second round grades. Um, in round six, three selections, Parker Washington, wide receiver from Penn State, Christian Braswell, Rutgers corner, and Eric Hallett, 
the second another Pittsburgh safety. So both Pittsburgh safeties drafted in the 2023 NFL draft on day three. Cooper Hodges, seventh rounder from Appalachian State at guard. Raymond Vahasik, North Carolina defensive tackle. And Derek Paris finishes it off late in round seven out of Houston. A fullback, Matt. So yeah, about this Jaguars draft. So I'm going to start with two little nuggets. You know, salary cap wise, they're like middle of the road right now. They got 14 million. Next year, they got 36 million middle of the road. So they're they're done being just buy anything they want. They're start they they have some big contracts on this team. But what I think is really important here is I didn't adore Antoine Harrison, but I definitely looked at him as a future starting left tackle. And those guys don't grow on trees. So the best thing I can say about the Jags draft is they were able to still trade down. They have a tackle getting suspended. They lost a tackle in free agency. And they got what I thought was the last of the starting tackles. So if you look at the draft, how it fell, Harrison goes 27. And the next tackle doesn't really go for quite a while. I mean, if you were to call Bergeron a tackle, that's a bit of a stretch, but he's 38. Mock goes 48. I don't think Mock is a tackle. I mean, the next true tackle, Tyler Steen goes to 65. I don't think he's a tackle. The next true tackle doesn't go until Wanya Morris at 92. So I thought it was very important for them to get a starting caliber tackle, and they were able to do it while trading down. Yep, uh, I have no problem with that pick. I, I think yeah. with all the selections they had, I wasn't wowed by a lot of the prospects. I, I would go back to uh, Antonio Johnson is probably my favorite pick there for them, mm-hmm. who was a, a fifth-round pick. And I thought nice value, and and we'll see if maybe the league, you know, clearly the league wasn't as high as um, as the draft community was and analysts were with Antonio Johnson. And a lot of it, this is what's really hard about the draft right now is uh, Antonio Johnson is sort of that, you know, strong safety slash star slash um, nickel defender. And so there's so much projection with these athletes. It's like, okay, well, we kind of have that position in the NFL, but kind of not really. And we do like guys that can do a little bit of everything. But when you're always around the line of scrimmage, it's like, what do you look like in deep coverage? Because there's so much of that going on in the NFL. Uh, if you're like Antonio Johnson, sort of not the guy who's going to be a lockdown like nickel corner. He's too big for that, right? 6'2", 200 pounds. He's, he's so closer to being a, a strong safety. But then you didn't get to see him in deep coverage a lot either. So the evaluation gets more difficult. And you, you kind of have to deal with whatever the college game gives you. So maybe there's more you know, star position played in the NFL mm-hmm. and with positionless football happening on the other side of the ball on, on many NFL offenses. But Antonio Johnson is like, he could be a great player or it's just like, yeah, he kind of can't cover like a nickel and he's kind of not a deep safety either. So we don't know what to do with him. So that's, I think why you saw him still on the board in the fifth round. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Um, again, I didn't love their draft to be honest with you. I, I thought strange was a guy I liked a lot as a fourth rounder, not as a second rounder. I mean, I thought, yeah, you, know, they, you know what I mean? I want to talk about that for a second. The tight end position in this draft, it was so deep and it was like, okay, that some of these guys are going to fall. And I felt like nobody got great value at tight end, except for maybe the Steelers because of the, uh, you know, Darnell Washington fall. And who right. knows, you know, if there's really good reasons why he fell and we'll see what he looks like in Pittsburgh. He's going to be a backup tight end too. So uh, I, I didn't think there was great value at tight end throughout the draft, there was a no block tight end that goes in round one. And while I like the receiving ability of Kincaid, uh, I just felt like with the depth at tight end, I think the the rest of the class wasn't strong enough to allow some of those tight ends to fall because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like everyone still got drafted as higher, higher than they would have in most years, which is, is probably 
a bummer for some teams that were hoping some of those tight ends were going to fall to them. I also thought they drafted like they were still a bottom five team and not a playoff team. And what I mean by that, and I'm fine with the trade downs to get Harrison, as I mentioned, but you made 13 picks and only three of them on the first two days. of. So you made 10 picks on the last day of the draft. If you're really a playoff type roster, which they're starting to shape into, there's not room for 10 day three picks anymore. You know, turn those into five of them that are higher. You know what I mean? Like there's only so many guys that can, you can use. And even the running back, like Tank Bigsby, is mm-hmm. late third round pick. It's not a terrible place to start drafting running backs. No. Even though I don't value running backs super high, but, you know, he's a backup running back and a nice compliment to Travis ATN, you know, getting a six foot, 210 pound. Uh, and by the way, uh, of the many tanks in this draft, his actually fits because he's a bigger, <laughs> yeah, body more than Tank Dell. Yeah. Um, so, but you got, you know, you got a, a, a committee back, maybe a backup running back in round five or round three. So I don't, I don't even love the value there, even though he's a player that'll probably contribute early in his career. I'm having a hard time finding my favorite pick, but I think mine is Tank Bigsby. And part of it's just because he's so much different than ATN. I think ATN's not super trustworthy. And I was actually very high on Bigsby. I think when it was all said and done, he was my fourth running back in this class. So and really, not just to you know give you a hard time. I mean, it's just I, I had a hard time finding my favorite pick in this draft for this team. You know, the other yeah. ones we talked about, I, I plenty to pick from. Now it's like by default. You know, you're gonna need some sleepers in, in this draft, and and you don't want it to become one of those classes like we saw a couple of years ago with the Minnesota Vikings, where they had all these picks, right? And you, right. Think you draft half a dozen guys in round six and seven, and none of them even make your team. Right. I mean, I, I just feel like that's not the approach this team should be taking now. That was fine three years ago. How about those Tennessee Titans to finish up the AFC South here? And, and I just can't wait. Like AFC South teams, when they were on your TV, you're like, I'm not going to prioritize this game. I'm going to pri- prioritize the AFC South teams, all four of them, um, especially if, if Will Levis starts playing games, because I, I can't wait to see what that ends up looking like. So uh, I think Jacksonville Jaguars, clearly the favorites in, the, in this division going into 2023. And uh, the Titans might be the only other team that's not starting a, a rookie quarterback from week one. But clearly the Titans are also in a transition year, but the rest of their draft, aside from quarterback, it doesn't sound like they're in much of a transition. They sat at 11 and drafted a guard, maybe the best guard in the draft. But Peter Skaronsky in round one went up to get Will Levis. According to reports, they were trying to get up into the late one round area to, to get Levis. Ended up getting him early on day two. Quarterback from Kentucky, then Tajay Spears running back from Tulane in round three. Very different. Talking about another complimentary third round running back here. Um, Tajay Spears, very different than Derrick Henry. Josh Wiley's tied in from Cincinnati. Uh, I like him as a fifth round pick. Jalen Duncan, I like that selection in the sixth round offensive tackle from Maryland. And then Colton Dowell, uh, University of Tennessee Martin. I have not seen the wide receiver from UT Martin play Colton Dowell in the seventh round. All right, real quick on the cap. They got 10 million left. That's middle of the road. But next year, they have the third most cap space. So Ooh. they have over 100 million, 106 million. So that's really encouraging because I think this is going to be a long, miserable year for the Titans. But if they earn a top five, top eight pick again next year and Levis gets on the field, say Thanksgiving, and looks like maybe he's the guy. I could see us being really excited about the Titans and Brable's got some dudes and he's got a lot of cap space and another early pick a year from now. But I think that's going to be a big learning curve or a rough, rough season for this team. But in the meantime, Skoronsky's he's going to hit. I mean, he's going to be a starter, if not a pro bowler, in my opinion. 
Levis is absolutely worth the risk. And I think you said this well is Levis at 33 is a heck of a lot different than Levis at six. You know what I mean? Or at 11. Yeah. Or 11. Right, right, right. Good point. And now it's like, okay, chip on your shoulder, Will Levis. You sat there on draft night like Aaron Rodgers. Now go earn it, you know? And, mm -hmm. and maybe that makes him an even better player than if he did get drafted at, at number two or number four. And I know Spears is missing an ACL, but running backs don't last that long anyway. And yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not going to get to the ACL portion of your career as a running back these days anyway. Yeah. So, like uh, we talk about that on Locked on Dynasty all the time. It's like, yeah. well, he enters the league with injury concerns. Like, he's a running back. I don't care. He's not going to last long anyway. You know, draft him. It's the, uh, uh, who's the, oh man, who's the Boise State running back a few years ago and had a real nice start to his career and then kind of just disappeared, had bad knees. Was he the uh, one that proposed to the cheerleader? No, 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 no. Uh, higher third round pick, I believe, um, by the Eagles. No, he ended up on the Eagles. Gosh dang it. Um, I long know. hair, treads. Um, gosh, oh, dang. yeah, yeah. I'm uh, actually yeah. scrolling down uh, Boise State running Boise back. State. <laughs> Alexander Madison, no. Well, um, Jay Ajayi, Jay Ajayi, Jay Ajayi, Jay Ajayi. Yep. Yeah, yeah, bad knees coming in. Yep. That is, have four have four good years and then early retirement in your twenties and and uh, see what else. But that was worth the pick. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, he he helped me out with some fantasy leagues for a very absolutely. Short All of a sudden it was like, oh, he doesn't have. There, that was a knock on him even before the draft. Is like I don't think he has cartilage in his knees, but he's still a good player. So he's he'll play for a little football. while. He's gonna play for a long while. And, and why I say that too is I don't think Henry and Tannehill will be Titans next year and they may i mean henry may not even get out of this season so spears and a fourth round banger next year then you don't have all that money invested in running backs and maybe levis is taken over by then and i and jalen duncan i think is an interesting player too is I, some of the o-line dorks out there and there's some really good ones by the way i don't mean that you know negative <laughs> think duncan is as talented as any tackle in this class but has no motivation or more, no football, you know, acumen whatsoever. Well, doesn't care. Yeah. His, his tape's terrible. But, you know, if he wants to be a football player, he could choose to be. Yeah, see if uh, see if you get a swing tackle in the sixth round, which, yeah, is, right. which is not bad value at all with the traits that fires lit under him could be a starting tackle yeah. in the NFL. I don't know who the Titans O-line coach is, but maybe that's a good match and they get a lot out of the player. I don't know. Speaking of the Titans O-line, they've prioritized athleticism this offseason, so I think they're clearly looking it's at Derrick Henry. Yeah. Uh, maybe Ty J. Spears is that sneaky fantasy pick as a rookie where yep. Derrick Henry gets shipped off shipped off at the trade deadline and you know more outside zone, that type of stuff, and we see Ty J. Spears as uh, you know, one of those league winners late in the, the year in 2023. Yep, and I'm, I'm picking him actually high in Dynasty despite not having an ACL. I don't care. Thinking about next year and late in this year, as you said. And you're right. They're not after that 350-pound guard anymore. You know, They're changing what they're doing. Interesting. So team in transition. I don't know how to feel about where the Titans are going to be this year, uh, but um, I think it's a definitely a team to watch. And, you know, a lot of Henry. Then hopefully in the second half of the season, a lot of Levis and a lot of Tajay Spears, maybe for your fantasy dynasty owners out there. And I'm sure, mm -hmm. do you want to pub? Do you want to want to want to prop up your dynasty football podcast a little bit here, Matt, and, and let the folks know what you're talking about there? Because I, I think a lot of these conversations are going to be a lot of fun over there as well. Oh, it absolutely is. And actually, I'll pump this up too, because maybe you and I should have a dynasty episode because I just finished all my dynasty rookie ranks. And I'd like you to tear me a, tear me mm -hmm. a new one of where I'm wrong. 
I don't but, think um, I will. I, I think you're one of the best Dan- dynasty analysts out there, and I bet I agree with most of them. You might, but there's a lot of ones that are gray area. Would you rather have Tank Bigsby or Tajay Spears? You know, like, hmm, that's a tough one for me right now. You know, they're you're projecting for next year in, in a way. But yeah, Ryan McDowell and I do uh, Locked on Dynasty and uh, Kate and Marcus also do half of the shows and Ryan and I do the other half. We've done, uh, Ryan and I have been doing Dynasty Blueprint, which turned into Locked on Dynasty ever since I left ESPN. So we've been doing a podcast together for, 12 to 15 years. And I think it's one of the most popular dynasty ones out there. Spears is my answer, by the way. I, Me too. Uh, I have Spears right over Bigsby. Yeah. Right? Hey, I, yeah just, uh, you know, dare to dream. Like the, like we talked about the Colts strap. Let's have some fun. What could he be? And by the way, he's only nine pounds lighter than tank Bigsby. You know, that's an important nine pounds to go from 201 pounds to 210. It kind of puts you in a different category, but it's just nine pounds. Like, are they that like, is it Spears is not an every down guy. Bigsby is an every down guy. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I don't think it's that cut and dry. So give me Spears. But yeah, that, we got to do that episode for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. And there's a lot. Of, I, every day I look at it and I make a change or two. You know, it's just not, not at the top, but in like those mid-round guys. Kendra Miller versus A-Chain versus Spears versus Big Z versus Roshan mm-hmm. Johnson. You know, they're all kind of the same. Fascinating division in the, the AFC day. South and really uh, some renewed vigor there and, and some renewed reasons to watch AFC South football now going forward. So I can't wait to do that in the 2023 season and beyond. We'll see if these teams found their future in the 2023 NFL draft. We'll keep it going. Uh, AFC North on tomorrow's episode of Peacock and Williamson. <laughs>